Um, oh, so you could say Captain Kirk, but I can't say Indiana Jones. Yeah, because <laughs> the Shatner doesn't care. I'm sure that... Who owns Star Trek? Welcome to Talk About Scary, the show where we do just that. Talk about scary places. I'm Adam. I'm Clay. Hey guys. And you are... Now receiving part two of our report. That is that is peaking our... <laughs> um, you're, you Indiana are... Indiana Jones in the peak. That's right. We are talking, this is part two, about the Bridgewater Triangle. So if you haven't heard part one yet, I would suggest you go listen to part one, because it's a lot It's of... all about Indiana Jones. We shouldn't be even saying that in our podcast. But anyway, um, yeah, go listen to part one if you haven't heard it yet. There's a, there's a really good backstory about the Bridgewater Triangle you're going to probably want to listen to before you jump into all this great stuff. Uh, spoiler alert. It gets worse. There's a lot more stuff in this one. So, um, enjoy. So, hey Clay. Oh, hey. Hey, so uh, Bridgewater Triangle, here we go. So we talked about Profile Rock in our last one. And just for a recap, um, it is the supposed site of where uh, Wampanoag historical figure uh, Anawan received the lost wampum belt from Philip. And people say they can see a ghost sitting on the rock with his legs crossed or with outstretched arms. Um, and that's in Freetown, Freetown Fall, River State Forest. And for sure now, if you were like, eh, I don't need to listen to part one, you're thinking, yeah, I should go listen to part one because Adawan, Pon Hon Pon, sitting there getting a belt, Hoochie, Pon Pon Pon, and Freefont, yeah. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. And it's Freetown Fall, River State Forest, but I always put a weird pause when I'm reading stuff like fall and river. But Imaginary commas. Yeah, I, I do the, uh, I do the, um, Captain Kirk a lot, so I gotta be careful. Um, oh, so you could say Captain Kirk, but I can't say Indiana Jones. Yeah, because <laughs> the Shatner doesn't care, and I'm sure that who owns Star Trek now? I don't know. Mm. It ain't Disney, so I'm okay. Paramount. Maybe. They got their shows on Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount's cool though. Disney will take you down. Um, <clears throat> but whatever. It's an open invitation, Disney. It is. Don't take Come it. take me for my dimes that I have. They will take you for all your dimes that you have. That is guaranteed. Um, love you, Disney. When I have some of your stock, please don't ever come after us. Okay, so the next stone is called Solitude Stone. This is kind of a spooky one, so enjoy it. Um, it's an inscribed stone located near Forest Street in West Bridgewater, which was found near a missing person's body, also known as Suicide Stone. The rock was found with the inscription... This is difficult, so bear with me. All ye who in future days walk by Nuncatesset stream, love not him who hummed his lay cheerful to the parting beam, but the beauty that he wooed. Beam me up, Scotty. And uh, so 
again, we mentioned this in the other episode. In New England, there's a lot of granite and there's a lot of huge boulders. This boulder isn't the hugest of boulders, but it's pretty big. And there's sometimes there's inscriptions of things. Sometimes there's petroglyphs, which is kind of crazy. Um, and again, we talked about this in the last episode. A lot of the petroglyphs of, uh, of the Native American tribes in this area resemble a lot of the petroglyphs of ancient Gaelic people. Irish people, the the um, the natives of Ireland before they were uh, what we know them to be today, which is the drinkers guy from the Lucky Charms box, um, <laughs> leprechauns. Ah, um, so <laughs> I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I love uh, anthropology and archaeology. This this is right up my alley. I I find it so fascinating, and we will have the picture of this stone on our Instagram, so check it out. Very easy to find, Clay. If not, I'll send it to you. I actually uh, have a link in my description here that I wrote for myself, so I can actually send you the whole thing and you can just click on the files. Um, so Clay does all of our Instagram managing. He is the the whiz kid behind social. I don't know how to do it, but he does, so he'll be posting that. And if you have anything more to add, when you go to, and you see this picture eventually on our Instagram page, please make a comment underneath. If we are wrong about something or if we've missed something, we want to hear it. This is an interesting place, but there's so much stuff to talk about. Again, like I said, 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag. There's just not enough time in the world for the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, so here's the part that Clay was really excited uh, in the last episode to talk about. Yes. Um, Yes. There have been Thunderbird sightings here. Lots of cryptids, but Thunderbird sightings. Um, people who aren't um, familiar with Thunderbirds, there are giant birds or pterodactyl-like flying creatures with wingspans 8 to 12 feet and are claimed to have been seen in Hockamock Swamp in neighboring Taunton and Easton, including a report by Norton Police Sergeant Thomas Downey. He's, he has seen this, and I can go into the police report, but again, I don't want to keep you guys on the line for the next three <clears> hours. <laughs> but this um, this police sergeant, he didn't want to actually say anything to ruin his credibility. A lot of people that have seen things in this swamp and around this area, especially in the forest surrounding it, they've, they've, been, they've been reluctant to say anything whatsoever because it sounds like you're crazy. Sounds like you're seeing something that's not there, but so many people have seen these Thunderbirds that I tend to believe, and I actually do believe in cryptids. It's something that we've we've seen ancient animals under the water that we have never discovered before, that we didn't even believe were in existence. So to say there's a giant bird with an eight to 12 foot wingspan, and I, I don't believe all of the folklore behind Thunderbirds, which you guys can go ahead and check out more Thunderbird folklore and how they're magical beasts. I don't believe in the magic part of it, but the fact that they're cryptids, it, it could definitely be something that's possible. I really like, though, that his name is listed, <clears throat> and it's not just including a report by Norton Police, by a Norton Police sergeant. Um, like earlier when you were talking about Solitude Stone and it said that, you know, this is a a stone with an inscription on it that was found near a missing person's body. That's so begging for more detail. So I, I like the fact that when, when we're reading things and researching topics and it has people's names, especially like credible, like a police officer's name, I think it just adds a lot to the story. 
Oh, incidentally, I wanted to tell you one more time. In my notes, I put links to everything that I can find. So if you want to actually read his uh, report, I've put links here for you, Clay, and you can actually post clips of his report on our Instagram page if you'd like. I'll do it. Um, and if not, then um, maybe we can we can add the links. But I have them here for you, so all I do have to do is email them to you. Um, and even the missing person, I have a link for that missing person on here too. Um, but uh, you know, again, interesting. This is one of the things that we've we've we talk about a lot of scary places, but in our talk uh, talking about scary, <laughs> um, there's a uh, very little evidence. <clears throat> that we can find of actual horrible things happening. I mean, we just did a talk about scary special that you can see, and it'll be on a lot of streaming platforms um, called a uh, haunting at the Monte Vista. That's the Monte Vista hotel in uh, Flagstaff. So if you guys want to see that, it's a great episode. We found some stuff there. I didn't think we'd find. So I'm actually really excited about that, but there's all these stories of like haunted bellboys and other things that have happened, but there's no historical proof of the actual occurrences except, uh, save one or two things that yeah. happen there. And uh, when you were talking about a place that's older, people are going to die there. There's a bunch of humans walking around. Eventually, someone's going to die somewhere. We're born places. We're going to die places, right? This, But the incidents in this place, even if it is 200 square miles, there's way too many for that 200 square miles. And it's some crazy stuff. And they've documented everything methodically. So I encourage our viewers, or our listeners, sorry, we're not doing video, um, to check out some of these things, and we'll we'll add them to our Instagram. But we're not doing video right now. I I was in makeup earlier. <laughs> I was in makeup already. <laughs> um, but again, cryptids, and you had something to say about some cryptids, right? I do. Mm. Um, I don't have any details because I only briefly read about this, but it looks like there have been Bigfoot-like sightings within the Bridgewater Triangle. As well as, obviously, Thunderbirds, like we just talked about. And even giant snakes, which that's kind of... That's curious, right? That's interesting, yeah. I was thinking, because it's probably around the swamp area, the bottom of swamps are generally, because of all the decay, can be slightly warmer because of all the decay that's going on mm -hmm. at the bottom of the swamp. But when you're talking about these large snakes coming from New England, I saw garter snakes all the uh, garter snakes all the time and things like that. Tiny little things that wouldn't hurt you. Yeah, those are small. Yeah, and, and a lot of those things go in hibernation and they hatch um, in late spring, um, so and they're out in summer. Uh, but when you're talking about these giant snakes that can't warm themselves, they require a lot of heat. It could be possible that they could be under the under the swamp, right? But I don't, I don't picture them and I've lived in some tropical areas too Puerto Rico and I lived in um in Florida and all various areas of Florida and I've seen giant snakes in trees you, you, you will see them they're big effing snakes but I can't picture living in New England for as long as I did I have never saw huge snakes so this would be really interesting and I would I would love to be able to disprove this somehow. well and I also I don't really think about giant snakes I mean I guess if they're in a place they're not supposed to be I would think differently of them, but I don't really think of giant snakes being something that fits in the same category as Bigfoot. I mean, unless we're talking about something that's like, has the circumference of like 20 feet, you know, like a just a huge freaking like 200 foot long snake, which I don't know if that's what they mean or not, because it just says giant snakes. And there's no actual measurements of these snakes, by the way. Yeah, so like if, if they're just talking about like, uh, boa constrictors or something like 
Okay, well, that's just an animal. Like, I guess if you see it out of its natural habitat, that would be alarming, but that's not the same as Bigfoot to me. Bigfoot is like something that isn't proven. Snakes, yeah, those are real. Yeah. Now, I, I do believe that there could be Yetis and Bigfoots out there, right? Uh, absolutely. Sand people. <laughs> nice, nice. Let's not let's leave all the um the Disney stuff alone this time. Um <laughs> we uh but I do I do believe these things can be possible, but you also have to in science um if you're going to if you're going to uh outline the plausible, right? Um then you're going to have to also talk about a way to disprove it, right? Yeah. So, because that's what, what science is. Science is constantly the, the process of disproving a theory. That's the, how you. That's what, how science works. Um, and I know for a fact that I've seen bears in, that, uh, in areas very similar to this, just a little further north. Um, so it's logical to believe, since it's the same kind of climate, that, that people could have saw very large bears. Well, and bears and Bigfoots both start with bees. That's right. And if, have you ever seen a bear walk on his back legs? Like in video, not in real life. No, bear skeletons look very similar to human skeletons. If you at first look, because yeah. they like hibernate and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and they um, but they look similar, right? So, yeah. and I've seen a bear skeleton, and it looks like a human skeleton almost until you see its you know its face. But you know, so it, it, I can see a bear. Also, uh, something you didn't mention is giant cats. I didn't see anything about giant cats. Well, I'm telling you that there's been giant. They say they've seen giant cats like bobcats or cougars. But they look bigger. Now, in New England, we do have bobcats. They are actually very large and terrifying. But they're saying that these things are much larger than any any but cat there, you've seen. Is there, like, credible sources? Because, like, when my wife is like, there's a big spider over there. Can you go kill it? And I go over there. It's, like, half the size of my pinky fingernail. Yeah, this is not. But I'm like, like that. that's not no big spider. If like, these people are seeing, if they're saying abnormally large cats and they've seen bobcats that are the size that they can be in New England because they're very large, um, then they're like, these things are effing big. Like, so, I, no, again, no measurements because no one's going to try to um, to measure. They don't walk around with measuring tape in their pockets like I do. And get eviscerated by a giant forest cat. I always have cat. to be prepared for giant cats. Yeah, I'm not going next to one. We have tiny bobcats here. I don't get close to them. I don't want to get. I don't want to get cut up. Um, they're so bigger than my house cat. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, people have seen these things, and this isn't a thing that they should be seeing. And and uh, if there are cats that are that large, they're probably ancient, uh, an ancient breed of whatever these things are. So, well, I mean, I feel like the the climate, like the just the natural habitat, kind of works for everything we're saying. I mean, you're, okay, so you're talking it's forest, swampland. Is it like extremely dense forest too? It's a lot of forest. It's dense, but I mean, that's where like panthers and and you know, like a lot of a, there's a lot of cats that live in like tropical rainforests. But there's also cats that live in the Arctic. Yeah, they you know? live everywhere. So I I feel like. From an animal standpoint, the only one that really says scary to me, unless there's pictures of a enormous cat, is a Bigfoot. See, because I think the I think the um, the Thunderbird is, which I, I highlighted first. Well, that the, that too, but I, I mean, if if they're only seeing them like pterodactyl like, come on. If they're only seeing them in the sky, though, it's mm. it's really hard to tell how something big is because yeah, I mean, think about it for a second if. If a plane went over and we didn't know what a plane was, you would think a plane is small, mm -hmm. but a plane is actually very large. So un until like, if, if the bird is like landed, like if there's a picture of this 
Thunderbird-like creature on a branch or on the ground, not flying, where, where someone has seen it in a different way than just its its wings fully out, then that's but don't different. You, don't you think that these animals that we talk about, these abnormally large animals, um, they're only in this triangle that people see them. They don't really see them outside of it. The interesting part of this is that there's a lot of missing people that go missing around these areas. Well, so the animals could have gotten them. <clears throat> these giant animals, these giant cryptids could have got them, especially the giant snake. But, but one thing I don't know if we've talked about yet, so let me, let me go back here and just double check. This mostly swamp land that the triangle is a part of, how far out of the triangle does that really extend? Because I'm, I'm looking at the picture of it, and I know it's not super detailed. It doesn't, but the swamp doesn't extend outside of the triangle. I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah, so the, it looks like the cities get more dense. Like there's, there's more civilization just outside of the top over there where like Canton and Norfolk and Franklin and Hanover and Norwell, I don't know these cities, but it, it looks like there's a lot more just outside of the top of the triangle. So what I'm trying to say is if the swamp is in the triangle, it makes sense for the animals to only be within the triangle. Interesting, though. It is. People have also uh, um, called it a vortex, um, which is something we'll get into in other episodes when we talk about Sedona and places like that. But that sounds kind of like other triangles, like the Bermuda Triangle. Yep. Again, that's... I know you like the Bermuda Triangle, and I'm yeah. a big fan of it, so I thought this would be kind of fun. And a little bit off, there's the spooky stuff. Um, and talking about animals, there's been a lot... Talk of, about animals. Talk about animals. There's been a lot of animal mutilations in this area. Various incidents of animal mutilation have been reported, particularly in Freetown and Fall River. Fall River. Um, where local police were called to investigate mutilated animals believed to be the work of a cult. The cult we spoke about in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to that last episode, you should, should really pause this one. Go back and listen to the first one. Um, two specific incidents in 1998 were reported. One in which a single adult cow was found butchered in the woods. The other in which a group of calves were discovered in a clearing, grotesquely mutilated as if part of a ritual sacrifice. Um, and again, um, we should start citing our references to all this stuff. But, um, you know, upon doing a lot of these investigations that we do, we don't just look at Google. We we bust out books. I have some books behind me that I'll point out to Clay when we're finished. Like Yahoo and yeah. Bing. We use Bing. lots of search engines. Lots. I have some books back here that I've used for some of the things, especially the, the more historical stuff, because that's what I went to uh, college for originally. It was anthropology um, and uh, criminology. But criminology doesn't really go very well with what we're doing talk about scary maybe in future episodes we'll talk about murders but right now we're talking about scary so anthropology fits really well um and we and sometimes we use wikipedia so, so a lot of the stuff we'll be pulling you can actually look and read for yourself and then we talk about it but um so uh this this part in particular about um about the mutilations you can find on wikipedia there's some links that i can give you clay as well but um the sacrifices that you'll find that that the crime scene pictures that there's a few out there. They're not pleasant to look at. So trigger warning, if you don't like hurting animals, um, the idea of animals being hurt, then don't look these things up because they're, uh, they're a little bit disturbing. And I got to say, too, I, I think the cult aspect of the Bridgewater Triangle 
is the scariest thing to me. I mean, you've got the the history, the tragedy, the large animals, everything we've talked about. But I think the the cult thing is scary because I think cults in general, like those people are, whether they're joining because they want to, the majority of them are like brainwashed into believing that whatever it is that they're doing is what they have to do to either live or get get what they want out of life. And they'll stop at nothing. So, I mean, yeah, you got animal mutilations, you've got people that are getting their skulls removed, you know, th things of that nature. Like, that's that's just terrifying and violent. So, no, absolutely. Now, according um, to, um, to folklore in the area, Native Americans had cursed the swamp centuries ago because of the conflict with the colonial settlers that they had. Um, a revered object of the Wampanoag people is a belt known as the Wampum Belt. Okay, um, it was lost during um, King Philip's War, which, um, if you, if you want to read about that, and you don't want us to take five hours to explain this, um, please read about King Philip's War. Um, legend says that the area owes its paranormal unrest to the fact that this belt was lost from the native people. Um, so yeah, look up King Philip's War. Um, basically, in a nutshell, hi, in a nutshell, um, everybody in America knows and in Canada that um, AA maple syrup. We in, in in Mexico we burrito. The the not we but the colonists um, screwed those people so massively that um, that there's a lot of folklore about Native American curses and, and and burial grounds and even the movie Poltergeist that it was built on a Native American burial ground. You know the house. Um, that's something that's popular in um, uh, Judeo-Christian um, folklore now. Um, uh, you know, from this, you know, in in these in these new world uh, colonies, and in Canada and Mexico, and a very common um, theme throughout everything. So, if you want to read about King Philip's War, go ahead and read about all the wars. And while you're at it, go read about the Long Walk. There's some horrible stuff that we did in Indian schools. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't doubt if the land is cursed <laughs> because of the stuff that happened to these people. But, mm. but uh, yeah, so that's why they believe that this, this triangle is so cursed. Um, and now it's on to my favorite part. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, I'm going to try not to ruin the pronunciation of this, but uh, the Pukwudgeny, okay? Um, Pukwudgeny? Pukwudgeny, I think that's one of the pronunciations. Um, it's it's actually spelled as if it's Pukwudge-e, which is P-U-K-W-U-D-G-I-E. Um, but, you know, sometimes Native American words have, like, you know, they're not phonetically spelled. So um, the pronunciation looks like Pukwudgeny with, with uh, Wudgeny, Pukwudgeny with two N's, but there's no N's in the spelling. Anyway, um, this is a... a a creature from Algonquin folklore. Um, I believe Milwaukee is Algonquin for the good land. Milwaukee? Milli like Wisconsin? Yeah, Milwaukee. Anyway, um, that's, and I actually learned that from uh, Alice Cooper on, um, originally from Alice Cooper on, uh, on Wayne's World. But mm. then I had to look it up, and it's true. So enjoy that. <clears throat> um, the local Wampanoag people... Consider them to be dangerous tricksters. They have been especially associated with the Freetown State Forest within the Bridgewater Triangle. These little shits. This is this is cool. 
I had to curse a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, we tried to keep this PG. You, you cursed the land? Now it's PG-13. Um, <laughs> so, so the word Pukwudgie um, means a little man of the woods that vanishes. It's a human-like creature found in Delaware in Wampanoag folklore, sometimes said to be two to three feet tall, or for our uh, Canadian and other other worldly listeners, sixty-one to ninety-one centimeters. A couple apples high there, little little Smurfs in the forest. Those these are little, small. So these little shits are very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if this is real. Um, there's been people who have said they've seen them. And uh, we might actually delve more into these guys in a future episode um, because I find the, this to be super, super fun. I think you had an email. Um, <laughs> to be super, super fun. Hashtag famous. So I'm not going to get too much into them uh, on this episode. Um, you've got the picture of what they are. Um, but I think they, 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 they sound awesome. Listen to this. According to legend, the Pukwudgenies can appear and disappear at will, lure people to their deaths, use magic, launch poison arrows, and create fire. I think we can all create fire, but I think they do it magically. Native Americans believe that they were once friendly to humans, but then turned against them and are best left alone. According to lore, a person who annoyed a Pukwudgeny would be subject to nasty tricks by it, or the subject being followed by the Pukwudgeny, who would cause trouble for them. They are known to kidnap people, push them off push them off cliffs, I'm sorry. Attack victims with short knives and spears and use sand to blind their victims. These guys sound like the little people on uh, the Elder Scrolls. Uh, what were they called? I forget. The Rykin or something like that. They they sound just like them and they're the same height and they're very nasty. I'm almost positive because Bethesda is located in New England, Bethesda Studios, I think that they used these as their prototype for that in that game. And they're very nasty and very hard to kill. They ride like these little <laughs> boars in the game. They have these they have these tusks that they, they charge at you. So if you like the Elder Scrolls, I love them and I love Bethesda. Guys, I hope you, if anybody from Bethesda is listening, please invite Clay and I out to Bethesda Studios so we can hang out and talk about Skyrim 6, please, or the Elder Scrolls 6. Don't leave us hanging. Um, Clay knows how much how important it is to me. I think I have all the figurines from all of the um the different um from Diabella and all those. I have those, all the, the little statues. Um according to the book Weird New England, you were talking about Bigfoot um sightings have occurred there. Okay. So um, um so uh you know they they if you want to read Big, uh Weird New England, it's there. Um so it's more cryptid stuff. Um the book contends that creatures are generally calm, but at one point in the 1970s, one went haywire, killing pigs and sheep belonging to local farmers. Police with attack dogs searched the swamp for two days, but found no sign of the Bigfoot creature. Sounds like a hungry bear. It does, and I wanted to touch on... The Pupwudgenies? The Pupwudgenies. Pupwudgeninies? I feel like every single culture... like The more you think about it, it's, it's actually kind of creepy because well pygmy spearmen well not just that in general but everything like how 
people built things, tricksters, just everything in every culture, even in olden times when they couldn't actually talk to each other because you'd have to cross continents. They all had very similar stories. For example, I'm gonna go to my favorite place, Hawaii, real quick, because what you said sounds exactly like the Menahuni, which are a mythological dwarf people from Hawaiian tradition who are said to live deep in the forests and hidden valleys on various Hawaiian islands. And they're kind of the same thing. They're tricksters. Um, locals kind of warn the tourists about them, but they're said to have built temples and roads and canoes and houses and similarly push people off of cliffs. So I don't know if that's just like a little person's way of feeling big, but... <laughs> But see, so they, they, they have these things. Um, also, there's legends of them in the um, in uh, South America, in Central America. There's legends of these things in the rainforests. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, uh, very interesting that there's so many places that have linked a very similar kind of thing that at the time, I don't think they had any... Um, Communication. Yeah. So, interesting. So, either everybody's seeing these things or it's just one of those things... That um, scientists, um, um, you can link like the um, the uh, deity complex. Uh, every every um, every people on this great earth has this de idea of a deity. And before we had organized religion, um, they were we were creating deities. We were creating Zeus and, 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 and ancient Roman mythology, and even the flood motif is something that has been. Uh, yeah, you know, almost every single religion. So could it be one of these things where we all have a common idea because it's just something near and dear? We see children running around with like spears in their hand as kids. We come up with these ideas to scare children, or or it could just be that they, that they happened, and like there were these little people on multiple different continents. I think they're awesome. Yeah, I hope they're real because that is hilarious to me. So there's one. Guy I believe more that they were probably they used to be real. Maybe so. There's one guy, and I I don't have it here, and I'm sorry. We'll have to talk more about them in a different episode. But he's a he was a really reputable human being. I believe he was another police officer, but don't quote me on that. And he's walking his dog. This is years and years and years ago. And he sees one. And he didn't want to tell anybody because he wanted anybody to think he was crazy. And it spoke in a language that sounded like his dog, he had a, a giant dog, and the dog was freaking out. And it sounded like he was trying to talk to him in whatever language, and it, he kept repeating this this chant to him. And it sounded like it was almost like he was like, hey, you, come here. But it was like in a different language. And he just said, he just started backing up a dog with this giant dog that towered over this little thing that wanted nothing to do with him. And they went the other way. Um, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. We're definitely going to go back to these guys in a different episode because there's a lot of stuff in this area about them that I can never touch on. It's going to be too much. Um, and I want, I like, we like to keep it brief. We like to keep it nice. You know what I mean? We're running like 30 minutes now. We don't want to guys keep you guys here forever. Talk about keeping it brief. Talk about keeping it brief. We don't. You know, on to the next episode, right? But um, so anyway, real cool. And then so these guys could be another kind of like cryptid creature. Uh, I would say to go along with um, just because they're humanoid doesn't mean they're not cryptids. Going along with Bigfoot because Bigfoot's a humanoid, evidently. And and then with the uh, the, the Thunderbirds or the giant snakes. So I wanted to touch on that. Um, now you know who doesn't like snakes? <clears throat> who? Indiana Jones. He hates. Them. <laughs> right. There's so much stuff to cover. I have to touch on it one more this time. This is such a long episode. I'm so sorry. It could have been a three-part episode. Okay. Um, profile Rock. 
Okay, now in um, the Fall River Freetown State Forest is the largest in the state and a location that has been tied to some grisly murders. Bodies, discoveries, rumors, and satanic activity. Some paranormal experts argue that there is a strong negative energy that encompasses the forest and it's the reason for strange happenings there. Others believe that the forest is so simply accessible just off Route 24 um, in Assinet is the name of the town. We can leave that alone. And it's so vast that people in surrounding towns utilize it to cover up their crimes. So they're thinking that a lot of people are just dumping bodies there and stuff. Because yeah. It's a big place. So that's, I like to put that in there because I don't like to say, is it ghosts or all the time? I like to like, you know, I, I let's, let's, let's be, um, let's be scientists about this a little bit. But I like the, the theory of maybe there's something wrong with the land. I think there are places on the planet that are, I'm going to use the word haunted or more mysterious, whatever you want to call it. Negative, I guess. I think there are places on the planet that are just more prone to activity, various things, whatever it might be. You know, obviously we've talked about the Bermuda Triangle. I think there's some weird things going on there. I don't know that it's necessarily triangle-sized lands always exclusively, but... <laughs> Triangles are uh, one of the, the shapes in nature that are the most common and the strongest shape. And guys, there's so much stuff to talk about. We didn't realize we're starting to run out of time again. So we're going to have to come back and do a part three. Yay for you. Hope you are as excited as we are. We haven't even got to the ghost stuff yet. Yay. So ghost stuff next episode. Hope you guys Indiana are... Jones and the ghost. And the ghosts. Um, so stay tuned. You know, part three, we're going to have lots of ghosts and, and, uh, and uh, alien stuff. Believe it or not. Alien stuff. I like aliens. Aliens is my favorite thing. That is possible. So stay tuned for part three. Now we have a part three of the Bridgewater Triangle. Sorry, guys. Nothing I can do about it. There's just too much stuff, and I don't want you to miss anything. If you think about it, triangles have three sides. Part one, part two, and part, part three. three. That's right. That's true. It's got to be aliens. Aliens. It has to be all aliens. <laughs> So until next time, guys, creep it real. Creep it real, real, real. All right, guys. Talk to you later, creeps. That was that was a good way to end it. Yeah, that's that's I don't mind it at all. It's just uh.